Well, today is Mother's Day, and this is one of those days that is filled with so many various thoughts and emotions. So I don't know where you're at in the mix of that. Some of you are moms for the very first time on a Mother's Day. Some of you are expecting, and I just told a friend, Mother's Day takes on a brand new significance. I told her husband the same thing. Some of you have lost children, either through miscarriage or something happened to them after they were born, shortly after they were born, or maybe a few years or a lot lot of years after they were born. For some of you, the term mother, that title, it brings up all kinds of amazing memories. For others of you, that word makes you think about, I wish I had a mom who did what she should have done. Some of you have already raised your kids and they're walking with Jesus and they're thriving in life. And others of you have raised kids and you're not sure why, but they've abandoned the faith that you taught them as children. Some of us lost our moms way sooner than we should have. And others of you, I'm thankful or privileged to have your mom in the house with you today. I don't know where you are in the mix of all of that. I don't even know if I spoke into every scenario that's present. But here's what I want every one of you to know on this day. You are seen and you are valued and you are loved. We are a church. Yeah, go ahead. That's all right. We are a church that values and wants to elevate women. We believe in women. We believe in the leadership of women in our church. Um, we're not sure we have enough guys on our staff, but we definitely have lots of ladies on our team. And as Lindsay already mentioned, there's a photo booth out there. And this isn't just for moms. This isn't just for those of us whose moms are still alive. We're not all in those camps, but it's for you to send it to some woman or important person in your life. But ladies, so that you know that you're valued and honored and loved. I want every girl and every woman in the house to stand up and the guys are going to act like they're at a ball game that's really exciting, okay? <laughs> Ladies, go ahead, stand up so we can appreciate value and honor and love you. Go, stay up, stay up. All of the ladies, come on ladies, come on ladies. Stay standing, stay standing, stay standing. We could not do the relationships we have in life without you. We could not do the ministry we do around here at Epic Church without you. We could not lead our city to impact it in the way we're trying to without you. And we want you to know that we see you, we love you, we value you, and we are so thankful that it was, when it was just Adam that God's like, that's not good. And then he created you. And we're thrilled that you're a part of our lives. You can have a seat. You deserve it. I mean, stand if you want to. It's your day. But. <laughs> there was a study done at Columbia University. They wanted to be able to detect whether or not day-old infants could recognize the voice of their mother. And it's fascinating. I'm not sure exactly how they did it, but somehow they connected the pacifiers for these day-old infants to tape recorders. And they were, depending on the sucking pattern of the day-old baby, they would if it was the right kind of sucking pattern, they would play the voice of the baby's mother. But if it was the different sucking rhythm that the baby had on the pacifier, they would play the voice of an unfamiliar woman. And here's what's fascinating. For these day-old infants, according to this Columbia University study, within 10 or 20 minutes, those day-old infants were able to produce the sucking pattern that brought their mother's voice over and over 
and over again. We're continuing the Speak to Me series today. And the title of my talk for today is this, Recognizing the Voice. Recognizing the voice, because just like those infants were so attuned to their mother's voice that they did whatever it took, they postured themselves, they positioned themselves in whatever way it took to get their mother's voice playing in their ears over and over and over again. And what I'm going to behoove you to do wherever you're at in your own spiritual faith journey is that I want you to get to a place that you posture and position yourself. You get so familiar at recognizing his voice that you put yourself in a place that you're able to hear that voice over and over and over again. It won't surprise any of us that one of the major things happening in the tech industry today is this pursuit, this time, this money spent and study spent on voice recognition. Everybody knows that, right? Who's got Alexa in the house? I'd be careful what you say. Just... How many of you listen to Siri talk to you sometimes? Last night, I was having trouble falling asleep, and so Shauna knew that. She's like, do you want me to play the lady's voice? I was like, absolutely. <laughs> you can put your, find a comfortable position. You can put your hands on your belly. I'm still awake two hours later, so it didn't help <laughs> me. But this voice recognition thing, like it, it's, it's all over the place. And it, it's not surprising that all of these companies, that, the big ones that we know about, and then the ones we haven't heard of, are doing so much research and investing time and energy and trying to understand voice pattern and voice recognition. And what a friend told me is that those companies that have invested way more hours than all of the other companies, they're doing the best because they've listened to the most amount of voices. So now they understand patterns and repetition and recognition. And these companies are making voice recognition a primary focus for them. And what I want to say to you as loud and as clear as I possibly can, if you want what God's best is for you, if you want God's purpose for your life, if you want to have the life that God intends to give you, and he actually created every one of you to receive, then you also need to get good at voice recognition. Part of what's Falling off the rails in your life right now is the fact that you don't recognize the true voice and you keep buying into the lying voice. Part of the reason why your relationships are crumbling, why anxiety is at an all-time high, why you don't like yourself when you go to bed is because you're continuing to recognize voices that don't belong to the voice that I want you to recognize today. And so what I want to do, what I want to do today is to give you some clues so that you can know as these voices, anybody got voices in their head? I'm not talking about you need to go to a hospital. I'm just saying every one of us have these voices in our heads and in our hearts and we're surrounded by voices in the world. And what I want you to do is to know what voice belongs to God and give yourself to that voice and see that voice rise in your life. And then I want us to begin silencing the other voices. If you could do that, if you and I could live in that way, my life and your life, and I think eventually this world, you're like, Ben, really, just by hearing the right voice? Yes. The decisions you've made in life, the reason you made the bad decision is because of a voice. The things that you believe this morning that God would not say are actually true about you, you believe those things because you listen to a voice. It might be your voice. It might be the voice of a mom or dad from growing up. It might be the teacher's voice. It may be the boss's voice. It may be the culture's voice. But the reason why so many things are falling off the rails in our lives is because we have allowed ourselves to be led by a voice that wasn't the definitive voice in the universe. So here's what I'm going to say right, right off the bat. If we are going to hear God speak to us, we need to know what his voice sounds like. If we are going to hear God speak to us, we need to know what his voice actually sounds like. So how, how do we learn his voice? In a world that's full of so many other voices, how can you and I learn what his voice 
sounds like? How can we begin to silence the other voices that invade our lives and to see his voice rise and for his voice to be the one that we hear with clarity and his voice is the one that we begin to follow? In John chapter 9, there's an encounter that Jesus has with a man who was born blind since birth. And Jesus heals this man, and after he heals this man, this man encounters Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, who thought that they had the definitive voice for the Jews back in this first century. And this man who's been born blind, he can see for the very first time. You would think everyone would want to celebrate, only they're upset because Jesus healed him on what day of the week? The Always on the Sabbath. Jesus, just wait till... Sunday night, Monday. I mean, you got lots of options. But Jesus was doing things so that he could set some things straight. So he heals this man on the Sabbath. And in verse 22 of John 9, we're going to get to John 10 in just a moment. But in verse 22 of John 9, it says that the Pharisees decided that anyone who believes or espouses that Jesus is the Messiah, they will get excommunicated from the synagogue. So this man has been healed, his eyes, he's seeing for the first time in his life, and he ends up, because of what he says about Jesus healing healing him, he ends up being thrown out of this group. So imagine this, Jesus has made you see, you're seeing for the first time in your life, and the first thing they want you to know because of who you're claiming did it, and he did it on the Sabbath, you're no longer allowed to be part of this group. And Jesus could have allowed those voices to ring loudest in that blind man's ears. But Jesus begins to speak in chapter 10 so that he might set things straight for this man, for the Pharisees, and for all of us who live in a world overwhelmed by so many voices. So if you have a Bible, John 10, if you aren't aware, we use the Bible app or the YouVersion app here at Epic. From there, you can click on more, go to events. You can see all of my notes. Even before I say them, you'll be able to read them to yourself. All of our scriptures are there. But if you're going old school like I am with the Bible, John 10... 1 through 10. Would you stand with me? John 10, 1 through 10. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is the thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought, all his, brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not what? Recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You may be seated. We cannot recognize God's voice to us if we do not get to know his heart for us. We cannot recognize God's voice to us if we do not get to know his heart for us. In this text, Jesus isn't merely trying to tell us what his voice sounds like. He's trying to tell us about what his heart is like, what his character is like, 
what kind of God he is, what type of shepherd he actually has chosen to be. He's letting us know what he's like. And here's the thing. If you don't know what Jesus is like, then as you hear voices in your heart and head and in this world, you will attribute some voices to Jesus because you don't know what he's like. And what I want to do today is help you recognize and help myself. I need this lesson too. help us recognize, okay, this voice, is it his or someone else's? Because it matters. It matters. It matters so much. If we think that it's coming from him and it's not at all coming from him, everything in our life, in our philosophies, in how we choose to interact relationally, everything will kind of go off the rails. And so I want us to be able to hear what his heart is. So then we know, does this voice belong to him or does this voice belong to someone else? In his book, Whisper, Mark Batterson writes this. One reason we turn a deaf ear to God is because we're afraid of what he's going to say. But that's because we don't know his heart toward us. Some of you don't open your Bibles because you think God's going to ask you to do something that you don't really want to do. He might, but if you do it, you'll want to do it after you do it. Some of you have been gone from church for a really long time and you're doing the Mother's Day thing today. Welcome. No judgment here. But the reason why we've stayed away from church at times is because we thought what we were going to hear was going to be something that wasn't good for us. And Jesus is saying in this text, my sheep will follow me. They will know my voice. But he said, they will never follow a stranger because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. They do not recognize a stranger's voice. If we don't recognize God's voice, we may think that another voice we are hearing belongs to him. If you can't spot his voice, so Jesus is talking all about voice recognition. And had he left the blind man just there with the Pharisees, the blind man would have said, I'm glad I can see but apparently I'm not worthy of being a part. But Jesus steps in and he goes, no, 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 no. My, my sheep are going to hear my voice. They will not follow a stranger because they do not recognize his voice, which means this. If you don't recognize God's voice, you might follow a stranger. If every one of us could take inventory in this moment of the worst decisions we've made, of what we're tempted to believe even right now in this season, I think it would all come down to we've heard the wrong voice, but we treated it like it was the right voice. We've heard the incorrect voice from what a spouse told us, an ex-spouse told us, the boss told us, the coach told us from what somebody condemned us about. What voices in your life are you attributing to God? Voices of condemnation? Voices of disappointment? Voices of shame? What voices in your life are you attributing to God? And how can you know... How can you know where God's voice is or isn't showing up in your life? Let me give you a few thoughts. One is you can begin to look at who Jesus says he is and go, hey, the thing that I just heard somewhere in here and here and here, does that sound like this voice? Does that sound like this voice? Is it life-giving? Does he want my best at heart? What, what Jesus goes on to do in this chapter 10 of John is he compares the kind of shepherd he is with the kind of shepherd that the Pharisees are. And he says, I am the kind of shepherd that lays down my life for you. They are the kind of shepherd that whenever you end up in danger, they run because they care nothing for the sheep. And the problem with some of us is we've allowed people to label us who care nothing about us. Rather than the God who knows everything about us and is doing something about it to give us an identity and to have us walk out of that. So some of us are doing that. But here's one way you might know what you think about God's voice right now in your life is to ask this question. How am I speaking to other people in my life? 
My guess is there's a strong correlation between how you speak to people in your life and how you assume God is speaking to you. Last year, Shauna and I were at a conference, a leadership conference in London, and the guy speaking said something to this effect, and it's powerful for all of us, moms and dads, bosses, every one of us, said the voice that you listen to will become the voice that you speak with. I'm say it again. The voice that you listen to most will become the voice that you speak with the most. If you believe God is always judging you and looking for the bad in you, guess what you do all day long? If you believe that your whole life is just one bowl of disappointment to God, then guess what everybody else is going to be in your eyes? Disappointments. The voice that you listen to, moms and dads especially, coworkers, bosses, the voice that you listen to will become the voice that you speak with. The voice that you listen to will become the voice that you speak with. The Pharisees believed that they had all control. Remember, this guy is talking about Jesus. They're like, you can't be a part of this anymore. And Jesus is like, you're not the shepherd. You're not the definitive voice over their lives. I am. And Jesus does a couple of things. You know, when Jesus teaches, he uses parables and he also uses metaphors. And in this text, he puts himself in two positions, doesn't he? Anybody know what they are? He says, I am the gate and I am the excellent. I'm the shepherd and I'm the gate. So you're like, Jesus, you can't be both. He's, he's Jesus. He can break any rule he wants to. He says, I'm the shepherd, meaning I, I, I decide who my sheep are, meaning I take responsibility for them, meaning I have access to them and who they actually are. Pharisees, you don't. And I'm the gate. Whoever enters, he says, will be saved. Whoever. Anyone that comes through me, you guys can't do anything about it. You can say something, but it won't be true. You, you can try to excommunicate, you can exclude, but if I include them, it doesn't matter who you try to exclude. That's what Jesus is saying in this text. In verse 3, I love this. It says about Jesus as a shepherd, he says, The shepherd calls his sheep by name. You see, I don't think it takes a ton of convincing if you believe God exists to believe that God loves all of this mass of humanity. That doesn't take a ton of convincing for me. I don't know about you. You know what takes a lot of convincing, though? Is that he loves me. And Jesus is trying to let us know this is an intimate shepherd. This is a personal relationship between the shepherd and his sheep. And listen to this. He says, I call you by name. I don't call you by your sin. I don't call you by your weakness. I don't call you by your past. I don't call you by your mistakes. I call you by your name. I call you by your, I call you by your name. In every endeavor, we've learned to ask this question at Epic Church. What is God's part and what is our part? And this is a text that couldn't be more clearly spelled out, right? So let's just look at the part Jesus plays and the part that you and I play. He's the shepherd. We are the, he guides and leads us. We, you guys are great. He speaks, we, wow, wow. I don't know if your mom's in the house, you're trying to impress her or what. She's proud of you, okay? She's proud of you. She's super proud. So clear. So we're not the leader, we're the follower in this relationship. Yes, we can speak to him, but we also need to know that he is speaking to us, and he's speaking to us in a life-giving way. Jesus says that if you enter through me, you will be saved. And he says, you will come in and you will go out and you will find pasture. 
He says you will be essentially saved or delivered or safe or protected. And you also will come in and go out and find pasture. He's not just here to forgive you of your sins. He's here to give you a whole lot of abundance. Some of us are just taking the minimum from Jesus when he's offering the maximum. And it's true. If the only thing he did was forgive me of my sins so that I could spend eternity with him, that would be pretty incredible. But he doesn't want to just stop there. He wants to give you an abundant life. That's the whole heartbeat behind come in, go out, find pasture, not just protection. But he is going to save us. And he's foreshadowing the way he's ultimately going to save us. Look at verse 11, the very next verse that came after where we finished up. Verse 11 says this from Jesus. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So I want you to think about the voices you attribute to him. Is it the kind of voice that's going to lay down his life for you? I know everything in your world is transactional. I, I, I know you hit your quarterly marks and your boss thinks you're amazing. I know you don't hit it and it's like, not so much. You were amazing last quarter, not this quarter. I'm the good shepherd who lays down his life for my sheep. And you're like, Ben, is the shepherd laying down his life for the good sheep? No. In Romans 5, 8, Paul says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were what? Still sinners, Christ died for us. Not when you became a good sheep. He's laying down his life for you, which brings to mind the great shepherd psalm, does it not? I want to give you the first three verses of Psalm 23, and then I want you to think the voices you're attributing as the definitive God voice in your life, does it sound like this? The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. A lot of voices that you're believing right now tell you this, you lack something. Anybody ever hear that voice? Every day? You're not beautiful enough. You're not old enough. You're not young enough. You're not married enough. You're not smart enough. You don't have what it takes. And psalmist is going, the Lord is my shepherd. And because that's true, I have everything I need. He brings me into green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He can give me peace no matter the fact that I'm surrounded by enemies. Yep. He does. He refreshes my soul. These other voices are destroying your soul. Because of my role here, I hear it every week, and this week was no exception. I'm so grateful for the people who invited me into their lives this week just to try to give them another voice. And they let me know that the voices that they were getting, advice, wisdom from other people, were going to destroy them. And the heartache that you carry and that you entrust to us, and there's so much heartache we never get to know about, so much of it, guys, is because you're believing what isn't true. And I understand, listen, I have the privilege of parenting a girl who heard a lot of terrible voices her entire life. And so it's going to take a lot of good voice coming in to change that. And I don't know what you've heard. I don't know what you've believed. But the reason your life isn't what it could be is because you have allowed other voices. And I know they're loud. And I know some of the voices are repetitive. And you're like, Ben, they won't go away. And Jesus is going, I want to give you something truer. 
I want to give you something that is actually truer. In verse 10, I've got to confess, I've always believed this wrongly and I've even taught it wrongly. So I'm going to teach it rightly today, okay? Verse 10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. When you look at that verse just on its own, you're like, oh, the thief is Satan. And truth be told, Satan has all of those characteristics. When you get a chance, go back and read chapter 9 and 10 together. The thief is not Satan. The thief is, in this story, the Pharisees. And in our story, it's any voice that is opposite or contrary to the voice of God. It's any voice that you and I are tempted to go, oh, they have the definitive voice. They label me. They identify me. I must be that. And Jesus is going, no, those voices are stealing from you. They are killing you. They're destroying your life, but not my voice. I've come to give you life, and I don't want to just end there. I've come to give you life to the full, or your translation may say I've come to give you abundant life. And we want to know, Ben, I see the promise of Jesus, but my life doesn't feel abundant. And I don't know all the reasons why, but let me tell you most of the reasons why for most of us. It's because we have allowed other voices to lead us, to define us to identify us and to label us. And Jesus wants to break through all of that noise in your life and go, that isn't true. But you can keep living like it is. I'm not going to force the truth on you. You want to believe what they say on social media, teenager? You want to believe what your dad who wasn't present in your life and cared for you, you want to believe what he said? You can. Or you can find home with a new shepherd. And Jesus says, I I come to give you life and I come to give you life to the full. And what he's wanting to do for this blind man and for us is he's wanting to silence those voices. And he's wanting to see his voice rise in our hearts and minds and in our lives. So that, you know what, you guys say whatever you want to about me, I'm going to roll with him. I hope you like me. There's a little bit of people pleaser in me. I'm a three performer on the Enneagram. How am I doing? (laughs) No, really. <laughs> but I get a choice every day. You know what choice I don't get? I, I don't necessarily get the choice of all the voices I'm going to hear one time. But I get to choose if I put it on repeat. And so we bring this stuff that we're hearing. I did it with our staff and my wife just this week and go, hey, here's what I'm hearing. I was exhausted last weekend. And you know why that was bad? Because I'm a performer. And you know why that was bad? Because I try to bring my best. And you know why that was bad? That I was so exhausted on Monday? Because I didn't even preach last Sunday. (laughs) Just watching Will wore me out. Just kidding. Just kidding. (laughs) And I was tempted to believe, Ben, you can't be tired. You're a leader. Ben, you can't be tired. You bring your best. But you just bring that stuff out in the light. And they go, Ben, that isn't true. You're tired because you've exhausted yourself. And it's human to need rest. And your shepherd wants to give you rest. What are you believing? What are you believing? Well, would these Pharisees all come around and go, okay, Jesus, we'll be sheep, you be the shepherd? Anybody know how the story ends? Some of them actually believe. Some of them actually believe, but listen to the rest of them in verse 20. This is heartbreaking. Remember, we're trying to silence some voices. We're trying to lift up this other voice. Many of them, the Pharisees, those Jews, said about Jesus, listen to this. He is demon-possessed and raving mad. Give me that question. Mm. 
They could have found life in his voice and they tried to silence his voice. They could have found life in his voice. And they tried to silence his voice. Do you know the cross is actually all about them silencing his voice? They wanted to be the controllers. They wanted to be the authorities. And the whole reason he's dying on the cross from their perspective, not from God's perspective, but from their perspective, the sinful part they played in it is they thought once and for all, he won't shut up, so we're going to silence his voice. And you might not be putting him back on the cross, but every time you buy into the lies that you're prone and tempted to believe, every time you do that, you're silencing the voice that would give you life. And every time you silence his voice, you invite stealing and death and destruction. Haven't you done that enough? Haven't you? You're like, Ben, are you talking to my neighbor? No, I'm talking to you. Haven't we done that enough? If you're a parent, you know that your kid's future is going to be tied to the voice they live out of. And it's not just true for kids. So what are you believing that isn't true? Jesus said in 27 and 28, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Remember the thief, any other voice is going to destroy you. Jesus isn't going to just give you full life on earth. He's going to give you life forever. And listen to this last one. Some of you, this is the whole point you're here today. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Who's powerful enough to snatch you out of Jesus's hand? Okay, I thought it was a little more powerful than that, but, it, you know, I've been looking at it longer. Who has the authority to snatch you out of his hand? Who has the authority to write your future? Who has the authority to direct where you spend eternity? No one but Jesus. No one can take away what Jesus has given to you. Going back to his part and our part, Jesus said what? I am the gate. In John 14, 6, he said it this way. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. doesn't matter what, you know, 2018 philosophy wants to say. It doesn't matter what people go, oh, we're just all the same religion. We aren't. We are not. I am the gate. But then he gave this promise. Whoever enters, whoever with a past, whoever that's been labeled, whoever's tempted to believe some other voice, whoever enters through me will be saved. Have you entered? I didn't ask if you entered the church doors. I got that one down. Have you entered his offer? Have you entered where his voice will be the definitive voice? Have you responded? These Pharisees said about him, why listen to him? Which lets me know you could hear him really clearly today and reject him just like they did that day. If you've never placed your faith in Jesus, you've never allowed his voice to define you. Ultimately, you've never received abundant life. You've never received eternal life. He's never become your shepherd. I want to encourage you to do that right now in this moment. Like, Ben, I'll do that this afternoon. I want you to do it right now. I don't want you to delay. Later on in the book of Hebrews, it says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. This is your moment where you can silence the other labelers in your life. You can go, okay, if you want to be that kind of shepherd for me, why would I reject that? So if you're ready to place your faith in Jesus, I want to encourage you just in your heart just to go, Jesus, I'm entering in. You've made a way. I am there. And if that's you, I know this sounds crazy, but we live in 2018. I want you to get your phone out and just do this. I want you to text the word BEGIN to 313131. 
three one three one three one. Just the word begin, and we have backloaded some things where you're going to see a video for me. We want to help you move forward in listening and recognizing the voice. Now, here's here's what is happening in our world today, and this won't surprise you. Not only are other people labeling you, but you've got this internal thing working against you too, don't you? Anybody have some internal stuff working against them? No, you guys are perfect. Amazing. I still have things that come to my mind about where I'm unworthy, where I'm unlovable, where I don't have what it takes, where if I was really good, I would be like so-and-so. That's not his voice. And I have a choice to silence his voice or to begin silencing all of the other ones. And you know why we do this thing called community? Together is better piece that Lindsay mentioned. is because sometimes you need... Lots of times you need people around you reminding you what's true. And you need, I'm going to give everybody permission in this Epic Church community right now, because we all need it. You now have permission to tell your friends in this community the truth about the voices you're tempted to face. You're tempted to embody, you're tempted to believe, and you're tempted to trust. And let them tell you what's true. And you stay immersed in reading about the kind of shepherd Jesus is. And we're teaching you in this series to pray this prayer. Seven words. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And this prayer, we've been praying even with our kids this week. And and this prayer now, it it takes on even a new meaning now that you know what he's likely to say, right? He's he's calling you by name. He's saying, if I say you're in, nobody can take you out. He's saying, you won't just be saved from your sins. You will be given this green pasture. You can come in and go out and, and you're going to find life. Some of you followed voices that promised life and gave you death. You have an alternative today. I want to pray for you. I'm going to pray, and then Todd and the team are going to come and lead us in a song that just paints this picture of the kind of shepherd God is to us. This idea that he says that he's the kind of shepherd that if he he had a hundred of us and 99 of us were good to go, He wouldn't just go, hey, we got most of them. He would go after the one. Because remember, he's the kind of shepherd that calls his sheep by name. Jesus, thank you for revealing yourself to us today. Oh, would you spare us future heartbreak? We've had enough in the past. We have enough in the present. Would you spare us future heartache and heartbreak? Would you give us by your spirit and by the community you've placed us in, would you give us the ability to silence the voices that aren't definitive and aren't true, but they're so loud, God? And would you allow your voice to rise in every comment, every sentence, every accusation we hear? Could we ask ourselves, is, does that sound like the voice of our shepherd? Jesus, we have allowed ourselves to be stolen from what you wanted to give us. We've allowed ourselves to be killed in some ways we've allowed ourselves to be destroyed it's not from you so would you lift us up with your voice today would you come after us would you give us the truth about who we are and who we are to you and what we mean to you and what you would be willing to do so that we would be taken care of oh god would you silence the voices And may your voice rise strong. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. I want to ask you to stand. You've still got time to respond. You can do that text message. You can grab us in the lobby. You can fill out your communication card. When are we going to believe his voice above all the others?